It's time for the Buddy Martin Show on a Daniel L. Hightower Wednesday with breaking news. Yes, it's time again for Buddy Martin. Call him up and tell him what you're thinking. But be kind because he's doing the best he can. Better. Stronger. Faster. Mama says that alligators are ornery because they got all them teeth but no toothbrush. Good evening and welcome to the Daniel L. Hightower Wednesday Buddy Martin Show where we have breaking news as many of you have heard. Kyle Trask injured this afternoon in practice. Status unknown but likely out for Saturday and maybe beyond that. We're endeavoring right now to find out more information. We'll have Edgar Thompson of the Orlando Center with us in just a moment. Here's how the news came down tonight. We were at the Ocala Quarterback Club. Mr. College Football, Tony Barnhart, was speaking, and at the end of his time, I approached him with this comment. I've known you for a long time, and I want to ask you a question. I know you'll level with me on this, okay? Look me in the eye and tell the answer. Who should be the starting quarterback Saturday for the Florida Gators? I said in July that I saw, thought the starting quarterback would be Kyle Trask. So I will go with that. But 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 make sure you play Emory Jones and see what you can do with him. Problem is, we I, just saw on the phone hold the on one second. Hold on one second. I'm going to answer that question. Uh, who do you think should be the starting quarterback? Ask. The story he alludes to is that the vote just came over just now. Kyle Trask was injured today and maybe lost for the season. Oh. I know that. Yeah. Hey, I want to thank you, Tony. It's great having you here, man. Great job. Appreciate it. All right, this news is broken tonight. The Ocala Quarterback Club, Tony Barnhart, finding out at the same time, almost as we did, that Trask is out. This, of course, changes dynamically everything. Uh, we were playing the game of who starts next. It looked like Trask might be the guy, but we never found out for sure. And uh, this, if true, and I'm assuming it's accurate, Thomas Goldcamp broke the story tonight. Uh, of 247 Sports, and it looks like uh, he's an accurate reporter and looks like there will be no Kyle Trask available, which presents a very interesting question, number of interesting questions, in fact. One of them of which is, of course, who starts the game on Saturday, and the other one is, indeed, what's the future of Kyle Trask and will Emory Jones' red shirt come off? A lot of things to consider there as we go out live now to the Rinstar hey. split screen with Edgar Thompson of the Orlando Sentinel, who's in the dark right now, but he's no, no. I'm getting to the light. Gradually I, I emerging to the call, light. I thought you were calling at nine ten, but we're good, man. Uh, I called you, you doing, little, call you this a little bit early. You said you wanted nine oh five. So anyway, good. Yeah, I mean, I just saw this story literally. 
you know, an hour ago, and I texted you. You, of course, have been working on your own story, which I read just now. The bulletin about Kyle Trask, what we know is he was injured in the lower half of his body, and that's all I know, and he's obviously not going to be available Saturday, and who knows when. What's the deal, Edgar? Uh, this isn't my story. Um, Thomas Goldcamp and Bob Redman, who are both pretty plugged in over there, mm-hmm. got uh, wind of Kyle Trask being carted off the field. Um, you know, Thomas, I saw it, I hit him up cause we're friends and was like, what's going on? Uh, it's, you know, <clears throat> I reached out to several people who could confirm it and nobody will. They're definitely keeping this on the down low. I mean, Dan Mullen really is very, very protective of injuries more so than a lot of coaches I've seen, to be honest. And it really, it doesn't bother me if, as long as that's what, that's his thing and you know it. Because then it's like doesn't lead to frustration. He made it clear last recruiting signing period, um, National Signing Day. I asked him straight up. I'm like, "What's your philosophy on revealing injuries?" He goes, "I'm not an injury guy." And I said, "Okay, now at least we know now." So he leaks on injuries from that over there are frowned upon. <laughs> well, here's so, what we found out from his dad. One of our members, Joe Fulford, says. And we have uh, Kyle Trask's dad uh, is on the Gator Nation Kingdom page. Well, he's probably on the message board uh, for 24-7 sports then, probably. Yeah, well, here's well, a, I don't know about that, but he's, he's, he posts here sometime. Here's what he said on Twitter, according well, to Joe, okay. Joe Fulford, says Trask dad tweeted out that he suffered a foot injury and is out for the remainder of the season. So let's go ahead and play Jones. That's what Fulford says, one of our members. And they're pretty – our guys are, you know – Kind of plugged in, and they do follow him on Twitter. And if well, uh, what's it? What's his Twitter handle? <laughs> I, I don't know. Maybe they can put it. Maybe, follow Kyle Trask's dad. <laughs> yeah, well, he Kyle Trask's dad. is on my Facebook. He's a Facebook friend of mine. He posted pictures there the night before last. Some beautiful pictures, by the way. Well, what's his Twitter? I uh, we're going to find out. We're going to ask Joe Fulford okay. uh, if he will. Uh, Joe, what's what's his Twitter account? We'll look it up. Um, and others, by the way, will, follow, will probably be able to. We found out good information for our members here. Um, no, for sure. Look, people are – I'm the last person somebody like UF is going to alert on stuff like this. All right, Lynn Tindall this says – This comes from somebody who's a yeah. practice or a training room I got guy. You. Someone but knows. if the dad says something, you got to – Lynn Tindall says it was a Facebook post from Michael Trask. All right, Michael Trask is a Facebook oh, okay. friend. I haven't seen him on my Facebook anywhere, but I will look and see because, generally speaking, he's on the Gator Nation Kingdom page and he's on my show page. So uh, let's look him up and see if we can find him on, on that. Lynn, if you're doing that, would you check that out for me let me know? Yeah, thanks, well, guys. Here it is. Chad Rich says, M. Trask 65. M. Trask 65, according to our coordinating producer, Chad Rich. M. Right. Trask 65. I know, Chad. Yeah. I, I was talking to him the other day. Yes, good man. Because our tra- yes, you did. Uh, so MTRAS65, I guess we could easily look that up ourselves and find out. So That's that was scary. so. Altras dad's like a year, like a year older than I am. <laughs> well, he's like to be my son. So there you are, or my grandson almost. But anyway, uh, yeah, I mean, that, that's, well, let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. Well, first of all, uh, emotionally, it's a, it's a terrible thing to happen to this young man and his family. They were so happy. He doesn't when, have anything on his Twitter account. No, no, I'm, no, I'm no. Facebook, I'm he following. said. They we said Facebook. He said, he said, uh, Facebook, apparently. Okay. Michael Trask. Yeah. 
But maybe, maybe he didn't. I don't know. Somebody said they saw it. All right, here's Michael Trask. I'll look at this uh, right Wait, now. Go ahead. What do you got, man? Well, I, it doesn't really matter. Uh, right here, all he says is two, two days ago. No, no, um, no. It's not on nowhere. Nowhere here on his Facebook page because I'm a Facebook friend, uh, and it doesn't say anything here. Here, here you are, Michael Trask. I'm looking at it. Says, I'm sad to say that Kyle was injured. While doing a trick play where he stands, hands off the running back and goes out for a pass. The throw to Kyle was low. When he planted his foot to catch the pass, he felt a pop. Unfortunately, he fractured his foot and will be out for the season. Just a freak injury. The good news is it will be a minor surgery. He'll be 100% for the spring ball. Thank you for the well wishes and support for Kyle. We appreciate it very much. Continue to pray for Kyle. Where is this, buddy? Uh, this is on Michael Trask's Facebook page. I'm looking at his Facebook page right here. I don't see anything. Well, I'm looking at it right here. Are you friends with him? I've got it right here under Michael Trask. It's the third item from Marvel, Texas. And it's two items down. And right there, right there it is. And uh, so that's the deal. Um, and... Uh, I will. Uh, I will try to. I don't post. have any idea where you're reading this. I'm looking on his Facebook page, not Twitter. I'm on his Facebook page, All right. buddy. Well, I'm, okay. I'm reading it. I'm reading it right off his Facebook page. Um, anyway. Um, okay. Well, you know, buddy, I got to be honest, bud. Mm -hmm. I got to go write this, man. <laughs> it's okay. I, mean, I, can't, I can't sit here and do this. I, I got to write that. That's understandable, and I'll let you do that. No but, problem. But I mean, here, I don't understand why I can't read this. Well, I'm going to send it to you, Edgar, right now. Office Facebook All right, page. If you send that to me, I'll give you ten minutes, but then I gotta roll. Uh no, Let's, do what you gotta do, man. I know you gotta if you gotta do this, this is No, this come is, on, let's talk. I mean you right, got people. Well, let's, let's, all right, let's maximize uh, what we got here at the time. Yeah. Let's talk about all right, this is obviously now his dad's confirming what does this mean? What's next? I mean, how do we figure this out? Definitely text me cut and paste that and text it to me, please. All right, you want me to email or text it? Just text it. Uh, I already had it ready to send an email. Okay. All right, email, whatever. Right, okay. That's perfect. That's just, I already got it up. I already I cut and pasted it. I yeah. think, you know, what it is, is sometimes you can't read all the content on a Facebook page unless you're friends with the person. That could be it. Yeah, that's that could what be it. it is. Yeah, he is. I'm, he, not a, I'm not a huge Facebook user, yeah, but well, that is what it is. Yeah, well, that's, that's, I emailed it to you. You got it there. So it's a foot injury, a freak play. That's odd. Um, and, uh, and that means the young man doesn't get the chance. It just seems like it's not in the cards. To him, to ever, here it is right here. It's in a. Uh, I got it. Thanks. Okay, you got it. And also for yep. Lynn Tindall, he sent it in a uh, to me and uh, uh, took a picture of the screen too. So anyway, it's Michael Trash. Thanks, guys. Um, what it be on it? My guys are always on it without a doubt. And here's the thing: my heart goes out to the family. It seemed like really nice people. They were so excited about Kyle getting his first chance, and now this, and now it's back to the drawing board for Dan Mullen, and. Well, I don't know what he was going to do, but it sounds like he was going to start Trask if he was running trick plays with him, I would think. Uh, so now, does he go back to Felipe, or does he take off the red shirt and start Emory Jones? No, no. So Monday, first off, you were right about the Emory Jones thing. When When's the last time we were on here? I guess last week I did praise you for that. So Emory Jones, though, that Georgia thing was like a package or whatever that Dan, I think, saw something. And he did want to get the kids' feet wet a little bit. But he made it clear on Monday a couple things. He felt that Felipe Franks was played played too early. 
and that it shattered his confidence last year. And Dan's comment was, I don't even know how many redshirt freshmen that I've have, that I've started. And so he's, I think, very opposed to playing young quarterbacks just because of confidence issues or uh, or their confidence could be compromised by struggles and, you know, being overwhelmed. So I don't think he's ready to, like, put Emory Jones into the fire here. Well, I'm going to tell you this. I talked to a major figure who's not a coach at Florida, all right, but a major figure and a guy who was considered to be a very smart guy by quarterbacks, okay? Um, and <clears throat> I can tell you what he told me. Take the damn red shirt off Emory Jones. Now. Now. This is before the injury. Before the injury. He says, Here's look around. Thing, I was saying that two, a week ago or whatever, too. I feel like, why not play him? Well, now, it was before It was before he was hurt. This, this person, if I told you the name of the person, you'd say, wow. This person said, take the, in, the red shirt off of him. He said, look what Will Muschamp did three years ago. Took the red shirt off his quarterback, and he's played for three years. And at this point in time, there's too much at risk. Yeah, the, but Bentley was playing early that yeah, year. Yeah, but he was – not with four games. No, well, to go. but he took the red shirt off of him still early. But, I mean, but he was like playing and like really thriving. But I'm saying to you, he took the red shirt off to play him. I get it, but he took the red shirt off in like week three or something. So what? Not week ten. Are they going to take an Emory Jones red shirt off with week three too if they wanted to? Well, I know they could have, but they didn't probably see enough. I'm just saying to do it in week ten is big difference. Then riding the kid. The I get year. it. But right now, what happens if you lose your – do you wait till you get uh, Felipe hurt? Well, based on what Dan said on Monday, he's not taking the red shirt off of uh, Emory Jones. That was Monday. Okay, I agree. But And maybe he can play think, somebody else at quarterback, play, play, play uh, Felipe against Idaho. You know, and I still play only two games. So you can start, I mean, I don't know. I'm just saying. You're really, you're really saying to start Emory Jones? I, here's what I'm seven? saying to you. Here, I've had an epiphany, okay? I've come full circle. I've been staunchly supporting Felipe. And I still support him in terms of emotional support, whatever. But the bottom line is, is that I realized the error of my thinking last Saturday. And I looked at it, and I said this to you, maybe, maybe I didn't. I said, look at no, these. I didn't see you. Well, let me just say this. Yeah, no. Here's what I came up with over the weekend. What is the model out there right now? You tell me if this is crazy for success with the top teams. And you can tell me who the top teams are. Name them off, okay? And tell me what they have in common. Well, it's in any. It's at any level. I mean, you got a quarterback. Top. Well, you no. You changed quarterbacks. Every one of them. Well, two, so Tua started from the beginning. Yeah, but yeah, but you changed some last year. I'm talking about. I, I don't. Notre Dame did make a switch early this season. Yes, they did. Michigan, I don't not. I of don't course, know Shea Patterson. Shea Trevor Pat Lawrence. Yeah, Shea huh? Patterson. Yeah, and Trevor Lawrence. I mean, so yeah, I mean, Patterson they, started from week one, though. But okay. No, no, I'm talking about change from last year at the end of the year and got a new quarterback. Okay, and Tua was not a starter until this year. All right. So the bottom line was you're saying they started the season they, with they upgraded. They they, look, say it, say it this way: they all upgraded the quarterback positions. Every one of them. If well, what going, was the upgrade? That, what was the upgrade for Florida? That's my point. I said the top four teams. 
the top four no, no, teams in the division. Here's what I'm saying. Who would be? Who would have been the upgrade? I don't know, but that's the long term situation. Shea, you don't have Shea Patterson too. Well, I Trevor get it. I, I know Tebow's not here. I understand that, but I'm saying this is the realization. I'm not saying they can do it now. I'm saying it's inevitable. So I've changed my thinking completely. I say if you think Justin Fields is the guy and he's out there, go get him. I didn't he's think that way before. Out I, there for who? Edgar, think about it. There are two quarterbacks there. Somebody might be gone. If the word comes out one of them wants to leave, if I'm Dan Mullen, now i got to go look at him because it's a different day. It's a new way. It's not the old school thing of start one guy all the time. It's more the days of when Spurrier was yanking quarterbacks right and left. Go get yourself a quarterback. And, the re- and here's why. What did Dan Mullen say about Felipe? You just said it. He said it. At the after last week's game, he wasn't ready to play. And you say, well, why did you play? Well, that's all he had, right, at that point. And he convinced us and convinced me he could develop him. He has not been able to develop Felipe Franks. So that project is a fail, all right? Now that you realize that, you say, where do we go from here? Trask could have been a short-term solution. Maybe Emory Jones is not ready, but you got to get him ready and play him. And now you have another crisis. You don't have Trask. And down the road now, if you have a better quarterback, wherever you get him, that means the recruiting price now includes transfers. You go get that quarterback and you get him on your campus. That's how I feel now. Just like recruiting, you're looking for transfers. I mean, buddy, it's inarguable. I mean, I'm not, why would anyone argue at that point? But you're not getting Justin Fields, okay? So you I'm just using it as an example. You know, I mean, well, I mean, you know, there's Justin other. There's, not leaving. The wait, 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 man, Edgar, I, Kelly Bryan. I don't care. Whoever it is, Kelly Bryan could possibly be. Well, I'm just saying, whoever the free agent quarterback is, that's going to make your program better. I don't care who you put the name in there. But someone told me yesterday it could be Jake Fromm. He may get disgusted and realize feels the guy. I mean, this is all speculation. I'm saying it's, to you, it's wild speculation. It's it, well, crazy hey, speculation. but it's true if you look at the model of success. It's getting well, a new quarterback. Buddy, I'm not arguing that the Gators definitely need to upgrade the position if they can do it with a transfer, a high-caliber transfer to do it. They are not getting either of the Georgia quarterbacks. Those kids would be crazy to leave that situation to come here. Dude, do you realize how the offensive line is going to be next year, buddy? Have you even looked at that? They're losing their entire offensive line practically this year. They're losing Ivy. Jawan Taylor is projected second-round pick. He's probably going to leave. They're going to lose Fred Johnson, even though he's not very good. Um, that's Suddenly you're going to have a very young offensive line, and I don't know that anyone wants to come get behind that. I mean, you can see that offensive line struggling right now. Dan Mullen's got – I think what's come to light in these last couple of weeks more than anything to me, I mean, we already knew Felipe Franks – I was at the gym the day of the Georgia game before we drove over with I drove over with Mark Long. And I was talking to one of these guys who's a huge Gator fan. He's a lawyer in town, young guy, and he always wants to talk Gators. And he goes, what do you like think of our chances? And I said, I'd be shocked if Georgia doesn't win this game. And he said, you'd be shocked? And I said, dude, Felipe Franks has been nice. He's humble. He works hard. He's just not very good. That's what I said to him. He's thrown for 189 yards on 42 pass attempts in two games. He couldn't hit the broadside of a barn the other day out of the gate. 
he wasn't close on his throws all day. He was just, oh, it was just terrible to watch. And it's because people have figured out that if you take away those perimeter passes, the dink and dunk stuff, you press, you force him to make a read and make an intermediate throw, he's not accurate. He's not confident. And so, yeah, I mean, I think we knew Felipe Franks. The, the thing to me that's crazy is the wheels have come off this season suddenly just overnight. It's like they're not pa- able to rush the passer suddenly. They're not generating turnovers suddenly. They're not making plays on special teams suddenly. It's like all these things, this plan to win of Dan Mullins is not, it's not working. And um, those kind of things you really can't count on, you know, really. I mean, turnovers and things like that. But they should they should not be giving up 19 to 32 on third down for one in two games. Uh, and Missouri was winless in the SEC. It wasn't like they were – and they did get back a couple of players that game. Emmanuel Hall was terrific. But, God, they shouldn't be 21 points better than the Gators in the Swamp. So there's a there's other issues besides Felipe, but yes, he's num issue number one. You got to solve that. But the offensive line, it's he's just got a major rebuild on his hands, man. I, I was thinking after the six and one start, Vanderbilt was cause for concern a bit, but I'm like, this is a pretty good team. Now you're sitting there going, you know, I'm seeing a lot of the warts suddenly, and the stuff that we were worried about early in the season now is coming back later, and. We'll see what happens Saturday. I mean, that would not be a good game to lose. Uh, if you're Dan Mullen, you really don't want to lose to Will Muschamp in the swamp. Now you got to go, but what will you write? What would be your story? No, we can talk some more. I right. mean, I got what you sent me. I can go update. Yeah, I'm uh, looking at the time. We're not going to be able to update in the paper anyway. So okay, all right. Well, I just want to check. Uh, uh, so. I'm just going to put what you said in there that Kyle Trask. Well, that's what stat. That's that's just, I mean, that's that's it's the source. Huge help. It's a huge help, man. Yeah, yeah. Well, we're here, we're here to help out uh, you and our friends anytime we can. <laughs> well, I mean, it's an exchange. This is what is an exchange for information. There are 80 people online right now watching, listening to you. They want to know anything that you information from what I'm saying. I think everybody's no, seen this. But let's let's address it from the standpoint. You know the team. You follow the team. You cover the team every day. Let's address it from now. You got to get in the mind of Dan Mullen and say, mm-hmm. "What do I do now?" Look, I personally agree with you that Emory Jones. I would start playing the kid this week. Not starting him, but playing him and seeing what he can do, how comfortable he is. And if he shows you enough, you start him against Idaho. And you start building this kid for the future. Is you Are you really going to have this kid for four straight years as a starter? That's my question. I mean, why wouldn't you start doing that? And then let's say he falls in his face this week. Or you start him against Idaho and he throws three picks and you shut it down because that's his four games. But you at least know something and you have some good film on I it. think he's next man up this week. Well, he's definitely next man up. I mean, and Kadarius Tony. If, if, if you got to start, you got to go back. Kadarius Tony could be, be the emergency well, quarterback. Well, it doesn't really get you what you need, though. They well, here's what emergency. I'm saying. So if you move forward with Emory Jones starting this week and he shows you enough. This week to start him against Idaho, and he's very good in that game. Then you, then you just say, "Hey, 
We're just going to start playing the kid because he's going to be our quarterback during those 15 bowl this practices. This is an important four, uh, three games here. I mean, this is not, aside from being millions of dollars, this is riding a, 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 sh- a ship that's gone, you know, out of control. There's no doubt. I, I'm, I totally believe these next three games are huge, or two out of the next three. They're going to beat Idaho without whoever plays. But I'm saying, I mean, you're following me. I'm agreeing with you that start moving with Andrew Jones a little this week or some or a decent amount, whatever. And if he really outshines Felipe, then keep him in the game and then start him against Idaho and let him try to handle a game plan. And then if he's good, then move forward with the kid. Play him play, against, play him against FSU in a bowl game. 15 bowl practice. Hey, look, let him look at Kyle Trask. He's never started a game still. So there's yeah, no, I mean, not even in high school, never started a game. His one moment in the sun and he injures his foot. And who's we don't to say know that? He was start, but well, I'm, would you? Who would you have started? I'm telling you, man. The media consensus—they're hey, not running trick plays with Kyle Trask if he's not going to start. Okay? I get, I get it. The media consensus up here, Pat Dooley, um, a lot of people. I'm not going to name everyone, but Pat wrote it. Is the only reason I'm naming him. Felt like he was still going to stick with Felipe. I, I can see that if he did it on a short leash. I don't see why you wouldn't start Kyle Trask personally. He earned it. He earned it, right. I played Felipe the other day. Give him a shot. Yeah. That's what I felt. But I'm saying most media members felt like Dan Mullen was going to stick with Franks. I say now, obviously, you go to Franks and you you play. You go ahead and play Emory Jones. If he plays well, leave him in the game uh, and try to win with him. And then the next week, you – you you play Emory Jones. And That's you, what I was saying. If you play, yes. And if you play both, if you win both games, you play him again, and you play him again. Well, you know, you play him again, and then you let him, like I said, be the quarterback during the fifteen ball practices, and it's your team now, dude. Right, exactly. And Good then you go into the offseason right. for right. the quarterback. Yes. Versus all this up in the air stuff. Felipe's still thinking he's the quarterback. Yeah, and. Because if Felipe starts these next three games in the bowl game, he's going to go into the offseason thinking he's the quarterback. Yeah. I mean, for some people are saying he's not going to play him. Of course he is. He's already played him. He's, he's going to say he's going to play him two games. It's a matter now of which two. And he's playing a little games with that. Like, okay, I'm not going to tell you my plans, right? What did he tell you today? When you, and you, and he, he said, said I'm not, not going to reveal our strategy. Yeah, right, right, right. So, what do you think his strategy was going to be? I think it's what we've been saying. Yeah. I mean, you and I are on the same page there. Maybe we so should the, be the yeah. coach. Maybe we should let him tell, just say we'll coach it this week. We'll take yeah. you and I'll coach it up. I don't think I can call plays, but I, I can. Tell you, I can call a play. Dan, Dan really also is a play caller against Missouri. I, I didn't understand. No, he that didn't have his line. best game. He did not call. He look. It was epic fail across the board. Including coaching, okay? Oh, it was a terrible game. Uh, it was really one That's of the worst. Bad. Worst they looked all year. It was a McElwain type bad. It just no, all. It was, it was except bad. the program is still going to be in good shape. <coughs> so no, I think that Dan. I'm speaking at the Clay County Gator Club tomorrow night, <clears throat> and I'm going to open it up with a show of hands on a few questions. Yeah, that's and always one good. is. Mm-hmm. No, and just say, hey, how many people 
are ha- think that Dan Mullen is has done a good job and is mm-hmm. a little less than a year at Florida. I just want to see a show of hands. How many people feel like? Uh, uh, don't say good. Say they've done a, an excellent job because everybody will say good. People think that he's okay. He's done done a job. Anyway, I'm going to have a few questions, and they're going to be questions that I think that I agree with. That you know, Dan Mullen's done a very good job. That the season's been at a vast improvement, despite um, the fact that the wheels have kind of come off. And uh, then I'm going to ask a Felipe Frank's question. <laughs> I got to figure him out, but I'm going to ask open with some questions like that. That I just want to see what the general fan base kind of thinks. Yeah, because you know Dan Mullen, man, he. He was really high up on the list of every fan. And then I think after these last two weeks, you got some people going, huh, that's not very good. The fan support was bad last week. And then he called the fans out after the game, which I don't think that was a smart strategy. Right. Now, he he backed off those comments on Monday. Oh, he's, he did do that. but uh, I'm sure I, Scott Strickland got intervened. And probably. Said, hey, probably My friend, uh, David Moulton, was on last night. And David's been around. He works with Gary Danielson at Bunch. He's seen a lot of football and knows football. And I asked him his opinion about it. And he says, I will never think it's smart to diss the customers. All right? Now, let me tell you one other thing. This is the other thing. And I, Look, I'm a Mullen guy. All right? I've been singing his praises since he got there. I'm delighted that he's the guy. I think he's got a long-term future here. But nobody's perfect. And it's the old Mike Tyson, everybody's got a game plan until they're hitting the mouth thing, you know, where you, you have to back up a little bit. And you look at Dan, and you, you know, he did so many things right. By the time he got on the plane, off the plane, chomping all the way through to winning five in a row and everything, life is great. And then it hit the fan, and things began to change. And a couple of things happened in that recent, most recent situation, one of which he dissed the fans. was not a good move. That was not a good move on his part. And the other thing that concerned me was he kind of, kind of, kind of almost threw Felipe under the bus by saying he wasn't ready to play. And if he wanted to say he wasn't ready to play and that's on me, that's okay. But he didn't say it that way. I thought that was a little unmullen like in that regard. And then... Somebody else told me, who's very, very well connected to the University of Florida, who knows football history of Florida, who knows the situation inside and out, said to me, when Mullen said, when you talk about filling the stadium up first and then winning championships, that's not how it worked back in Spurrier's day. They were selling out before they won championships and they sold out after. And the fans didn't need a championship. To, they poured in there in 19, in, in, with, with, in the first part of the season, the very first season, 1990, Spurrier was sought out and soon had a waiting list. And so they didn't have to win championships, but now Edgar is a different day, and I get that, and fans are different. But So there's a lot of questions that's about Mullen. That's Steve Spurrier too, dude. What? Yeah, well, I mean, he's Spurrier. That's the thing. I mean, you, But he didn't have to win championships first to draw but people. I know, but he'd won a Heisman here. He has more I get it. He's more glamour. I get it. I get it. We're not all beautiful and smart and rich and whatever, except you. I mean, I'm not. But uh, So, yeah. So, anyway, so it's interesting. I put those things on the table just for transparency. And I'll say no, no, that. I mean, I just think Dan Mullen, I mean, look, we're in a different age, like you said. People have a entertain. They have options, entertainment options. They have money. Uh, you know, they have things to spend their time and money on 
And it's mm-hmm. not necessarily plunking down $300 for a family of four or more, really, yeah. when you include parking and all the other things and all the time commitment to go watch a pretty mediocre product at this point. I mean, yes, that's true. They, they played, they were wonderful to watch against LSU and Vandy was even some exciting football. Can and, you believe uh, they even beat LSU? I'm thinking back about it this morning and I got to review this season because I missed something along the way. This team I saw against uh, Missouri was not a team I remember seeing earlier in the year. They beat a very good Mississippi State team. They beat LSU. They crushed Tennessee, who, yeah, wasn't very good. And they, and they, you know, and, they and, and they looked pretty good. And they fought Georgia to a draw for three quarters and, you know, couldn't hold on. So I'm thinking, is this the same team or do they put other dudes in there? You know, things just, they just, it was like a reversal of fortunes, man. I don't get well, it. You don't, you don't pressure the quarterback. You give up 11, yeah. 18. And why is that? What happened there, Edgar? Why didn't they pressure the quarterback? Why didn't they pressure yeah. him? Because Drew Locke is terrific. Yes. And Missouri's offensive line is good. And they, 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 they were ready for Grantham. I mean, Grantham mm-hmm. is like very aggressive. He run blitzes. He does this stuff. They burned him on some of those. They got him on their heels. And they mixed it up, man. I mean, the balance was phenomenal. When you're giving up 221 yards rushing and 250 yards passing, you had a bad day on defense. That Michigan game last year, I remember, it was like 220-220. Yeah. And you start getting a team turned around like that, they don't know which, what's coming. That's what happened. They, they, were <laughs> thrown, they were off balance the whole day. Let me tell you two things about that. I mean, see if you agree with Well, here's with something, too. They, they obviously had the wind taken out of their sails losing that Georgia game. The Gators. Yeah. They obviously did. They were like, oh, my God, we're going to the playoff. Oh, God, we're going to win the SEC. We're going to play Bama for the SEC title. We can beat those guys. I mean, they had to – these kids, they should be feeling that way. Hey, we're good enough to beat anyone, you know. These were all big-time recruits, most of them. They're big-time players in their minds, and some of them are big-time players in everyone's minds. But they had the wind taken out of their sails, and they came in. They didn't have an edge. Franks was miserable from the get-go, and they just weren't ready. And you go out and play a team with talent like Drew Locke, Emmanuel Hall, that dang tight end of theirs who's a first-round pick in the future, a very good offensive line, you're going to get run over. (laughs) True, but here's the thing. People got tape on you now. And when you're just using schemes, here's, by the way, here's a post from, um, you know, here it is. Okay. It's a, uh, when you, when you, when you get, when you scheme up, and which, by the way, Grantham did a great job. His blitzes or screens uh, were all, his blitzes were great all early first five games, but you get tape on after a while, right? And yeah. then you went up against a quarterback who can burn you when you blitz. And now you got a problem. Yeah, Drew Locke gets rid of the football quickly and accurately. He says, Some, bring, bring the blitz. I'll, I'll find somebody open for a touchdown. No, he, he's good, man. I mean, look, he helped his draft stock that was starting to dip with that performance. But, I mean, look, man, you're, we're hearing grumbling suddenly, too, okay? Yeah. And, this is kind of rumor mill stuff that whatever. I mean, I don't know, but I did actually ask them about it. Who had been hearing the same thing, who's actually somewhat close to the program. Jakai Polite is potentially shutting it down. 
Well, I've heard that about two players. Chauncey Gardner yeah, tweeted, tweeted the it. other day. And, so, and said he would this, shut it down. No, about this business decision. And right. then people are like, what does that mean? You're Is not he going to go play? to the NFL and not worry no, about he, playing college anymore? No, and then he, no, but he, and then he gets upset about it. I never said the NFL. Yeah. Right? Well, don't right. tweet that stuff then. Right. But here's the thing. Christian McCaffrey and Leonard Fournette started that thing a couple few years ago right. when they sat out the ball games. Didn't hurt yeah. their draft stock. Number four pick and number whatever, right. 11 or 12. Didn't hurt them. So who's to say suddenly you don't start taking that back into the season if you're playing for a team that's not going to get to where you thought it was going to get? And you're like, eh. I'm going to look out for number one. Well, my feeling on that, buddy, is you're getting a scholarship to play for these teams. But there's no commitment to that anymore. Those are valued. What if they had actually a contract where you had to actually sign a contract to agree to do it and the court of, the court of law hold it up? And that's what I thought about. Well, you know, how come can you just walk out of something like that? seems like so, that's so not. Here's my thing. You're getting a scholarship, man. Okay. You're yeah. getting an opportunity to play for this program. And showcase your skills, yeah. get medical attention, coaching, treatment, all this stuff. Uh, you get a bunch of swag. You get a bunch of great things that go with that, being a popular guy with all the pe- all the women and all the guys on campus. Well, Edgar, you have that places. anyway. It doesn't matter. You have that. You so. got 90,000 people cheering for you. You mm-hmm. get a lot out of that. So, look, you owe it to the program, in my opinion, mm-hmm. to give your all to it and to help build it. Because Dan Mullen needs these guys. Like you said, these next three games are important. He needs Ja'Kai Polite and Chauncey Gardner-Johnson at their best because they're two of the three best defensive players in this team this season, along right. with C.J. Henderson. He right. needs them committed to the cause of, hey, we need to build this program. You need to leave this thing better than you found it. and. Yeah. That would be really lame for those two kids to do that. And I'm sure people think I'm being lame to say that because I don't didn't have Ja'Kai Polite's potential to earn all those millions of dollars, and I don't begrudge him for that. But he wouldn't have had that shot if he hadn't signed a scholarship as a three-star yeah. recruit. Yeah, now I guess now you get into deep territory, you get in deep yeah, water, and you get – no, I know. I'm here what you're saying. But, you know, if it turns into a Twitter war, it's over. And you can't have that. You, you cannot have that, you know. And you're right. You're. I'm, I'm not. Agree, I'm going to agree with Twitter you. Twitter war. I haven't tweeted a word. Not you, Edgar. But when the fans start tweeting with the players and to the players about shutting it down, that is not a good situation. That's well, very bad. Yeah, destructive. I mean, they shouldn't, they totally shouldn't destructive. be bringing that up. I mean, those kids. I mean, look. I get where they're coming from, but you know, you have two more home games to play, and there are people that paid for season tickets. And the list just goes on. I mean, you can get, like you said, you can get deep and deep and deep on all of it. And I think these kids, you know, okay, the bowl game, I mean, people are doing that now. And maybe there isn't the obligation to that because that isn't an on-campus deal. It's an extra thing. It's a month after the season. You want to go start training, right, getting ready for the combine. I get that. All right, here's what we got to do, Edgar. We got to do this. We got to ask you two or three questions and get you out yeah. of here. And we got to go do some commercials. We've gone 45 minutes without doing one. We got to get one or two of them in. So let me answer the questions here for these people, will you? Well, uh, uh, Aunt Machado says to clarify, when you say shut it down, you mean quitting on the team? Not playing. 
Okay. Not playing. At all? Not playing hard? Not playing. Telling the coaches, I and it's not in my best interest to play because I could get hurt. Yeah. Okay. All right. Here's one. I mean, Chandy Gardner was in a boot after the game, so it's like, is he going to come play with a heavily taped ankle? Exactly. Right. Is Jalen Jones underrated or is he overrated? Of course, I I don't don't know enough about him. But here, let me tell you one other thing. uh, That's a question. I understand. Was it? Was it? Excuse me. Jakai Polite was in a red jersey Mm -hmm. too yesterday, which means he's injured, nursing something. And Dan Mullen said on Monday that a number of players are banged up. So Polite and Chauncey both could be banged up. Right. So it isn't fully healthy and going, ah, I'm quitting on the team. They might be banged up and going, you know, man, I need to look out for number one here. I mean, Jakai Polite had a shoulder injury last year that cost him the final several games. Yeah, all right. Here's another one for you. Jalen Jones, I know nothing about. No, it's okay. Skip heard, that. I got I two more questions. I yeah. did hear from a former, uh, from a coach. Yeah. Okay. Third hand, this came to me mm-hmm. from a coach, like a guy. Who, I mean, a coach, college football coach, right. was at a showcase event with Jalen Jones right. and said he was really struggling throwing the football. Okay. Well, now, for what it's worth, I mean, okay. that's one day. All right. With trash freak injury, now uh, this is from Keith. You know they are thinking about shutting it down. Well, they've already said they are. I mean, there's no question there. Well, his dad, according to you guys, Yeah, of course he is. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Let's see if there's no more question for you. Um, Let's see. um, This advice of what to do with a coach. Uh, Well, anyway, that's it for the questions. Um, That's fine. Well, let's see if I had a question for you. Okay. a lot of people are angry at, at Chauncey for saying that. All right, listen, Iger, thank you for taking the time, buddy. No, I appreciate it. No, I enjoy it. doing it, man. Yeah, it's good. The back and forth, I always enjoy well, it. Thanks for watching, everyone. You yeah, Thank you very much, Edgar. Read him in the Orlando Sentinel online. And of course, you can, you got a podcast, don't you? Got a podcast. In fact, we're going to do one tomorrow at 1230. A yeah. lot to chew on. <laughs> Just remember what I said. There is a uh, uh, the idea of a free agent quarterback out there. Just think about it, all right? Just think. I'm not just. Dispel- hey, look! Right. I think they definitely. Right. He's going to be looking. All right. He's definitely going to be looking. All right, buddy. Hey, I'm good afraid. night, guys. Thank you, Edgar. Appreciate Thank it very you. much. Thanks for the Trask update. You Bye. bet, man. Appreciate Thank it. You, man. Bye. Okay, this Edgar there, who is always good to get Edgar on. He uh, has always brings something. Uh, finding out as we speak about what is going on there with uh, uh, Michael Trask. If you haven't heard about it. I can't put that whole thing up. I tried to put it up, but I don't think I can get it all on the screen about that. I'll try after the commercial break and see if I can get up the statement in case you missed what his dad said. Let's take a break right now, though, on a Daniel L. Hightower Wednesday. Uh, the Iron Duke will be here in a little bit. We called him in out of the bullpen, all right? <clears throat> I wanted to tell you about a couple of our friends, and this is one of them. Job-related accidents create incredible stress on your finances, your relationships, and most importantly, your sense of well-being. When the adjuster is not approving benefits you are entitled to by law, you need Dan Hightower to help you understand all of your legal options. Daniel L. Hightower has been fighting for accident victim justice in Ocala and statewide since 1976. Call Daniel L. Hightower today to better understand all your legal options. 352-629-7777.
Let's see, I can tell you first more about these people. One of them is Griner's, one of my favorite places in Ocala. I go there when I want to buy clothes, uh, when I want to talk sports, when I want to see my friends, David. Uh, and they're located downtown Ocala, 405 East Service Springs Boulevard. You can pick from a variety of really nice clothes. They have fine clothing there. That's a tradition they've had for all these years. And they have the ability to suit you up with the right kind of clothes in your price range and your um, and in your taste, your style. Like if you've got to go to a board meeting in New York City, they can fix you up. Or if you want to go to a cocktail party in Bellevue, they can fix you up with the right kind of what is a dressy casual. They can tell you David and Brandon and the team got nice suits, nice ties. Um, Peter Millard shirts, I love those. Those are long sleeve, colorful shirts. Uh, drop down there and see David and Brandon and the team. Downtown Ocala, Grinders for Men. A tradition since 1962. Grinders, Ocala. Call Time to tell you about this delicious food at Mark's Prime Steakhouse and Seafood in Ocala and in Gainesville, two locations to serve you. Uh, and you see that delicious piece of beef. That's an actual picture. That's what it looks like. And you get uh, some of their fine cuts of beef. And, of course, their wonderful seafood. Uh, you can uh, you can get that dish on your left, uh, Shrimp Scampi, uh, among other things. They've got great chicken, too, by the way. They make a special way. And, of course, it's there. You, they want you to have a unique dining experience. And they work hard for you to have that. They give you the finest wines, the freshest seafood, uh, the, the fresh vegetables cooked just the right way. And you can have a king's feast or a queen's feast at Mark's Prime Steakhouse and Seafood. Log on there and check out their website. Mark's Prime Steakhouse Seafood.com and look at some of the beautiful food. Also, uh, in Ocala, if you want to call them, 352-402-0097 to check on reservations. They get very busy on the weekends, so be sure to call early. Or Gainesville, 352-336-0077. Mark's Prime Steakhouse and Seafood. They have a goal to create a unique dining experience that will please your palate and soothe your soul. All right, we're going to see if we can go out. We'll leave that food up just for a second and go out and see if we can catch up with our friend, Franz Beard, and see what he's got going on. I uh, just left him earlier tonight. We were going to hear from the, from Mr. College Football himself, but Mr. College Football is not available uh, because we can't get to him. We have the tape here, and we'll play it for you at some point in time. Uh, and uh, Tony Barnhart was in today, uh, was in the uh, uh, at Ocala for the um, – Quarterback club uh, did a terrific job. We had a nice crowd tonight, and uh, Tony was very entertaining and informative. He talked about the Final Four. Uh, he talked about uh, <clears throat> he talked about uh, the coaches. He talked about a lot of things. Matter of fact, I'm going to give you some of what he talked about. Here was Tony tonight in his quarterback club speech while we wait for fan spirit. 
pleased to have uh, here tonight as the featured speaker of the year, for that matter, uh, the spe featured speaker for the Ocala Quarterback Club uh, here. And uh, my friend, longtime friend, uh, journalist knows football as well as anybody and knows particularly about <laughs> Southern football. There's a copy of the original right there, one of the old ones there that I put out tonight. My friend Tony Barnhart, uh, I would say, I would say of ESPN, I would say, of, but he's just Tony Barnhart to me. And can't hold a job. Can't, That's my problem. You got a resume with a jump line or two, just like me, right? Well, we've we, we just been trying to stay employed. Yes, yeah, yeah, exactly. Still looking. By the way, if anybody's got any work, we're available. Absolutely. Uh, you see Tony, of course, on ESPN, and you read him and all that, we've all been doing, and uh, uh, always think of Tom Schmitz, who, by the way, will be coming tonight, who's never asked me to introduce him to anybody I've ever, not even Bradshaw or Spurrier. <laughs> he said at the SEC playoffs, is that Tony Barnhart? I, I got Tom. to meet college, college football. Absolutely. So, how you doing, Tom? I'm doing great. I, I just can't believe we're into almost mid-November. You know, in, in, in the summertime, buddy, in August, when we're running around trying to do things and it's hot, we're, we're thinking, you know, the season's never going to get here. And then it starts and we look up and we're Saturday will be November 10th. That's just unbelievable. What happened? Where'd it go? It, it just, you know what, you get into a routine, and particularly we're, we're, we're getting to be men of a certain age now, you know that. And time seems to go by a lot quicker. We talk about it all summer because you do the show with me quite a bit every, mm -hmm. every year. And, probably 10 or 12 times a year. I'm, Tony grants me an audience to on my Buddy Martin show as he is tonight. Uh, and we talk all summer about what if, how about this, how about this game, what's it? Mm -hmm. And it usually doesn't turn out exactly like you think, but one thing is constant, Alabama. Alabama is a constant, and they're, and they're a constant this year. I mean, I, I've seen them play uh, in person twice. Uh, obviously, uh, watched them the other night against LSU. That was a 29 nothing game that could have been a 59 nothing game like if Nick Saban wanted to do it. But that's how dominant they were. And this is what uh, everybody has always feared, buddy. Alabama's always been good at defense and running the football. And we said, my goodness, if they ever had a passing quarterback who was effective, what would they do? Well, now we know. It's, one of, it's the best offense in the country. And, you know, they are without flaw, unless you count the extra point kicker. Other than that, uh, they don't have any flaws. And you'll be asked tonight on the up of the days about this team, how good are they. I'll just go ahead and ask you now. I posted something today. Will this be the greatest of all time? People like to do that. Most time that's overrated. But this team wins out and continues to dominate like they have, and they haven't even been tested yet, you have to start thinking in those terms is this the greatest team of all time? Well, we're, we're going to have, we'll have to, if, if they just breeze through the SEC championship game, the playoff semifinals, playoff finals, if they breeze through the way they've done it, we'll have to have that conversation. I'll tell you right now, the best football team I ever saw in person was the 95 Nebraska team Me that too. beat Florida. That's best best team football team too. I've ever seen to do absolutely everything. This this team throws the ball. Oh, wait, Tommy Frazier just scored again. Again. And we and five more people missed a tackle. So, but I think I think you know I, I I'm not prepared to say that they are now that this Alabama team is the greatest of all time. But if they breeze through to another national championship, we'll have to have that conversation. I agree. I was making a list of the night trying to think of other teams you could throw in other teams and maybe a Florida or Georgia team in there. Certainly other Alabama teams, LSU. But right now, those two teams stick out to me. If it, if they continue like that, right. so you'll give us a scenario tonight on your whiteboard discussion, mm -hmm. and you'll have your final four. 
Could you give us a little sneak peek of who you'll be? You'll be in there? Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do a couple of things for the club tonight, buddy. I, I'm going to give you the smooth and easy, calm scenario. If everybody wins, if everybody does what they're supposed to do, if all the favorites win, it's a pretty simple process. But then I'm going to give you the chaos scenario where when a couple of things happen and everything breaks loose and we have what I would believe would be one of the most controversial decisions in postseason football in the in the BCS college football era, playoff era. Can't wait, and we'll, give our, we'll just have to tell people about it tomorrow night after you've done it. We don't want to steal the thunder from the club. Uh, final question around here. We're talking about what happened to Dan Mullen's team, and certainly that was not what we've been seeing. No. Uh, it seems like after the the final after the final ten minutes of the Georgia game, well, it was a game until ten minutes to go. You mm -hmm. know, uh, then after that, it looks like uh, things have started going the other way, and you and they couldn't stop the bleeding, and it was a tantamount to a, a total meltdown against Missouri, which I'm sure caught you off guard, caught us off guard, and certainly caught Dan Mullen off guard. And you know, where do they go from here, Tony? Well, to totally caught me off guard, buddy, because Missouri had had their heart ripped out by Kentucky the week before, and you're saying there's no way they can go down to the swamp and play well. Well, what we didn't, you know, Drew Locke played well. We, we knew he was a, a great quarterback, but uh, where, where Florida goes from here is, that's the thing about football, buddy. There's another game, and you have got to, you know, when you, when you have a disappointing performance, and that was incredibly disappointing for, for the Gators, you got to get ready to play the next game, and don't let that game beat you twice. And South Carolina is a team that has a knack for winning close games, and you think Will Muschamp would like to come in here and win? Do you think? Yeah. Even think. with that banged up secondary, I'm sure it'll be a test. And by the way, speaking of going fast, apparently it's already Christmas. <laughs> I saw that. I mean, already I'm going. Wow. We were just talking about summer. It's Christmas, but. I'll just go ahead and say Merry Christmas. Merry tomorrow. Christmas, buddy. Thanks good, for coming, man. Appreciate good, it. Good to be with you. Tony Barnhart, Mr. College Football. Uh, meanwhile, I want to tell you about Center State Bank, <clears throat> one of our sponsors, Center State Bank Tuesday. They're known as a bank that's involved in the community. As you see, their beautiful building there. As we talk about the art gallery on the second floor, we talk about the world-class service they have, their long-term horizon on finances, their relationship banking, and their faith and family approach. They're also <clears throat> a bank with <clears throat> 30 Florida counties in 82 locations, uh, and they're centered on community and customer service there. Uh, so check it out. Go to centerstatebank.com or call them in Ocala at this bank at the 352-368-6800. If you want information about savings accounts or whatever or checking accounts, they can help you right out right there. So uh, just remember, they're all about our community. Center State Bank, centered on community and customer service. And tonight at the Ocala Quarterback Club, we were very happy to announce our list of final eight for the semifinal group for the uh, Scott Bradley Trophy. Uh, and congratulations. Well, that, by the way, will be posted, and we'll have it on the, online tomorrow night. Meanwhile, congratulations to Tucker Woods. Great job by Chad Rich, by the way. He does all this work for us. Thank you, Chad. You're irreplaceable. Tucker Woods plays uh, football uh, for the Villages, 
and uh, he was named Player of the Week of the Scott Bradley Trophy. He also subsequently is a member of the Final Eight. We've got the list, which we'll post online tonight. Some of it might be already up there. He's a senior captain who led the Villagers to his first ever undefeated season, 10-0, in school history. And they beat previously undefeated uh, uh, a team and doing so, uh, the first Academy of Orlando. They beat them 28-6. So congratulations to Tucker. Uh, he's um, first team all-academic also with a 4.7 GPA, a fine young man, one of the many that we've got involved. <clears throat> yeah, when it comes to the Scott Bailey Trophy, uh, we'll announce tonight, and we think the, the date now will be set for March 12th uh, over at the uh, location of the um, <clears throat> the Rally Arts Center. Uh, we have a big announcement coming forthcoming about who will be speaking there. It's a huge celebrity. All that is good. It's all happening, and uh, we look forward very much to these next few weeks and months. Appreciate all the great job done by Todd Duffy's group. So and uh, appreciate that. All right. We're going to go back to uh, our business now. Your comments. Pleased to have uh, here tonight. Uh, we've said about all we can say. I do have the statement uh, from Kyle Trask's father. We have, we can't assume everybody knows it. Uh, if anybody has the ability to post it, I don't think I could post it from here and put it up there uh, online. That would be great and get the whole statement. And then, uh, and let's just let people know who have not heard. We're not uh, just irresponsibly putting out uh, news. Uh, we are telling you about what is said. Uh, I don't think it's uh, it's fake news, Keith. I'm not when uh, Michael Trask is, by the way. Number one, it was reported by Thomas Goldcamp, all right, who's a very good reporter, 247 Sports. I know him personally. Secondly, uh, also by Edgar uh, Thompson of Sentinel, who confirmed it with Thomas Goldcamp. Number two, uh, Michael Trask is on the Gator Nation Kingdom and member here. Um, and he would, uh, we know who he is. We have his Facebook account, and he is on here, and he posted it, all right, and I have the exact wording of it. Uh, which I read earlier. Uh, so it's definitely, um, you know, not fake news. Maybe Keith says he's just kidding. I just hate that term anymore, fake news. There's so much stuff that is fake. Uh, so someone out there, if you got that complete statement and you can post it online there, go ahead and do that, um, and uh, and we'll get back to the exact statement in a minute. I'm going to try to get the, uh, the Duke, the Iron Duke on here and see if we can't... Uh, talk to him about what's going on. He was there tonight um, at the um, Ocala Quarterback Club, as my guest, friends was. John Brantley was there. By the way, word out to Scott Brantley. Um, he's under the weather tonight and not feeling well, so all the best to, to Scott. He's been a rough go here recently, so uh, we want to make sure that uh, he's better tomorrow. He has some good days and bad days. He's been good lately. A little bit of a setback tonight, not feeling really great. Uh, here is the, let me read this now while we call fans. And let me read this if you didn't hear it, all right? Uh, Gator Nation, I'm sad to say that Kyle was injured today in practice while doing a trick play where he hands off to the running back and then goes out for a pass. The throw to Kyle was low. And when he planted his foot to catch the pass, he felt a pop. Unfortunately, he fractured his foot and will be out for the rest of the season. Just a freak injury. 
The good news is that it will be more. It will be a minor surgery, and he will be 100% for spring ball in 2019. Thank you for all the well wishes and support for Kyle. We appreciate you very much. Continue to pray for Kyle's recovery. Let me just say this, by the way. This Trask family is a class family. All right? Those of you who've been seeing how he's been he's been uh, following this, um, and uh, we've been following him. Uh, I really like the way they the kind of classy people. You didn't hear them whining and complaining about his son not playing. You didn't hear you. They supported the Gators. Uh, they, they just were a terrific family, and I feel for them right now because it's bad enough for your son uh, to get hurt any time, but it's really terrible when he's, it's time to step up and he, have, he has a chance to maybe, you know, play. Um, and uh, I really feel bad for them. A very nice young man. Uh, just feel bad for him right now. I know a lot of us are more worried about our team and whatever. Sometimes you have to think about the individual. That's what we try to do here every now and then to separate us from other things and people. We do want to try and be sensitive to the fact that they're human beings first, okay? Uh, and so um, just remember that when you talk about, I don't know what will come good out of this, but hopefully at some point something will. Um, and uh, for some reason, other Francis' phone is not answering. Uh, his Skype number is not answering. So I'm going to have to call him and talk to him on my cell phone tonight. He's not picking up. I don't know what it is. Um, and back to the trash. Imagine the disappointment of the young man finally having a chance to, uh, to to start a game, and I think he would have started. And then have this happen where he not only doesn't start it, but he's injured and lost to the season. It's just a, it's just tragic. It really is. And I feel bad for him. Meanwhile, there is that issue of uh, the fact that these uh, Florida Gators have finally got to find a quarterback somewhere, don't they? And uh, you heard us talking earlier with Edgar. Uh, Edgar, uh, you know, and I agreed uh, that uh, Mr. Beard – Friends, that yeah, uh, friends, uh, I've got you. Don't call me on Facetime. Call me on Skype, okay? Uh, your 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 Skype phone's not answering, okay? Thank you. Yeah, I'm trying to reach him. And he's not not getting him. So, uh, yeah, so that's the deal. Uh, we do, we certainly do hope uh, all that works out. Like I said. Uh, all right, Francis, let's see if we can get you up here. Boy, I tell you, we got all kind of issues tonight with these things. It's uh, good to see you. Thanks for coming down to the quarterback club. Didn't know oh. when you, didn't know when we got there, we're going to be dealing with this there. story. Now, are you seeing me? Are you seeing me? I got you. I just got to get the screen split right. All right. Mm-hmm. We got you. You're somewhere. Anyway, uh, we'll figure it out. Um, France, suffice to say, a bit of a shock there tonight. Uh, and certainly, uh, not something we expected to happen when we went to the quarterback club, you know. Uh, have you have had a chance to think about this at all? Uh, and uh, what is your take on it? Well, uh, I, I kind of uh, agree with something we talked about earlier. And it, what, like it or not, Emory Jones may have just lost his red shirt. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've got to. Now, Felipe Franks could play all the games and do well and so forth like that but you can't count on that you can't you know you can't go into these games with just one quarterback for one thing 
And I, I just have to tell you, uh, Emory Jones has to be ready to play. Uh, they're planning to play him in two more games anyway. They may have to play him in more than this. Uh, we got to have a cure for the common offense, and right now the offense is very, very common and not doing very well. And uh, you know, if, if you're gonna if you're gonna go down in flames, you might as well go down in mm-hmm. flames, getting ready for next year. So I, I think Emory Jones may may have like it or not that mm-hmm. red shirt may have to be burned, and he may have to play. I was talking earlier with Edgar Thompson about the methodology of this and how to make it work. And, um, uh, you know, what do you do? And we agreed kind of that the best thing to do would be to go ahead and uh, start uh, Felipe and bring uh, bring bring uh, uh, Emory Jones in the game early. And if he does well, leave him in there. Um, and uh, we, uh, you know, said, okay, if he does well there, you start him against Idaho. And if he does wear that well there, well, you start him against that fish and you pull that red shirt, you know? And because it look, look at what's at stake here. You got an awful lot at stake. And now look, you can say those red shirt, those red shirt years all you want to. Bottom line is look what happened to Kyle Trask, you know? Oh, absolutely. There's no guarantee there. So there are no guarantees. And, um, I think this kid is enough of a competitor. He's probably been sitting there chomping at the bit anyway and thinking, you know, what's a red shirt? I want to play. Um, he's probably gone along with Dan Mullen's suggestion. Look, you know, I want to get you ready for next year. I want to get you bigger, stronger, faster, etc. He He's a team guy, so he's probably bought in exactly to what Mullen has said. But being the, that he is a competitor, uh, my guess is he's been waiting for this opportunity and saying, okay, I'm ready. Put me in, coach. I'm ready to play. All right, so, I mean, there's not been a hard luck player like this in Florida in a while, but I was just saying, thinking of the, of the Trask family, and they have been nothing but class all the way through. Uh, and to have this, and, and, and Michael Trask, uh, put some really wonderful pictures of his son on Facebook and from the game the other day. Uh, really nice photos. And he was so happy to have some game pictures to put up there. And I know anticipating that that the uh, that, he, that he was going to start. And that was, I mean, we don't know for sure, but it looks like that would be the situation. Uh, and now this, and not only does he get injured, he gets injured and he still has never started a football game. I mean, how uncanny it's almost like a jinx. And again, some people say, well, what's with the Florida quarterbacks? Are they all jinxed? Because we had a nine-year run, friends, and now we're seeing Will Greer, you know, uh, jump up and down and stories about him. I read a story today about him, which, uh, by Matt Hayes that said, uh, basically he was told to leave and, uh, said one of the coaches who coached with here with McElwain said McElwain used that as an opportunity to ditch him and go after somebody else. So anyway, it's, what is with this plague on quarterbacks, friends? Well, uh, you know, uh, I've wondered the same thing. Uh, how could it be, for example, that Jeff Driscoll and Jacoby Brissett could be in the National Football League, having neither one of them having finished their career here at Florida? 
how could it that Johnny Brantley went from the can't miss kid to a kid that couldn't get it? You know, just he was he was done. Yeah, by the time he was finished, he was by the time his career was over, he he was done. His football career was done. Uh, how how could it be that Will Greer comes here, the number one high school quarterback in the country, and then Old Yeller runs him off? Now he you know granted Will Greer made some mistakes. This isn't completely on McElwain. Yeah, but you can read the story. But read the story. The story is that he just ran him off regardless. But Uh, that's exactly correct. The point is, he wanted to stay. He made the mistakes, admitted admitted the mistakes. He wanted to stay. But Jim McElwain, uh, it's almost as if Jim McElwain blamed the previous year on on Will Greer. It just goes to show more arrogance of, of a really rotten hire. Uh, a guy that that you know, you know, Jeremy Foley did a lot of smart things in his career as the Florida athletic director, but sheer stupidity is the only thing you can equate to hiring Jim McElwain, a guy that should have never been a head coach at this level. Uh, wasn't ready, couldn't handle it, arrogant, whatever. But you, you look at that. My goodness, uh, I'm just befuddled by it all. And here we come in with Dan Mullen, who's kind of, you know, been, you know, playing with the cards he's been dealt with while trying to get a guy ready for next year. And then all of a sudden, this. It's it's like the old, old, uh, you know, expression snake bit. Tell me that doesn't apply to this team. Yeah, there's a lot of conversation going on in the, right now in the chat about people, players, and you know there's a tweet that came out by Chauncey uh, Gardner Johnson. By the way, and Chauncey becoming my rapidly becoming one of my favorite players this year. I liked the way he played. I liked his attitude, his leadership, his promise he was going to get better at tackling. He did all that, but something disconnected someplace the last couple of weeks. And Chauncey didn't have his best game, but then on the other hand, he had plenty of company. Uh, and something he tweeted out after the last game where he said something about to a fan, basically said, don't get me pissed off or I'll shut it down. Now, uh, the reports of him being in a boot after the game. And we know Chauncey is going to be a high draft choice, or at least a draft choice. I'm assuming second or first round uh, in, the, in the NFL if he continues to play well. But now there's some banter back and forth here about what, exactly what Chauncey said. And his, I guess his dad got on here a little bit earlier. His mom, of course, <clears throat> is talking about it. I met his mom when she was in Gainesville, and and really, uh, they're all defending him about the. Uh, he's working hard and playing, but I think uh, I, I think the uh, the whole issue is here. It's not Chauncey's effort. He's given a great deal. He's disappointed. Who knows if there's friction on the team? I heard there was an altercation. Maybe not involving him. Um, but, uh, you know, after the game, uh, but you know, there's a, some bad blood now, a team you start losing, and I hope Chauncey goes out in style because I like the kid. I think he's up this game. He's trying hard. He's got a future. But, unfortunately, uh, when you start losing, all kind of things get said. And now, with all these issues, 
of communication that we just talked about Will Greer being one, what went on there, and social media makes it worse. I sure hope they can hold this thing together and get the hell off social media. Well, social media is a blessing and a curse. It's a blessing because coaches can can get on social media and do things. They're, they're not, for example, a coach can only make a certain number of phone calls. And phone calls are monitored. Social media is fine and dandy. Coaches can use social media, Twitter and things like that, to and Facebook to get out messages to kids uh, that they couldn't get otherwise. That's the blessing part of it. The curse part of it is kids get on there, and being that they're 18, 19, 20 years old, things are said that shouldn't be said. And uh, it's it comes back to bite you in the butt. Yes, it does. It does. Anyway, uh, who would have thought, friends, after all these past few weeks of a honeymoon that we've all had, that we'd be at this place right now? Well, the thing about it is, is if we had said after the Kentucky game that they would be sitting six and three at this point of the season, we would have. And somebody had said, "Look, I'll give you a hundred bucks to take." Six and three right now, we would have grabbed that hundred bucks. Wouldn't have, wouldn't have questioned it. Uh, the problem is, is they had those good games with back to back with Mississippi State and LSU. Uh, had that nice comeback win at Vanderbilt, and and maybe we should look back to that Vanderbilt game and the fact that they got behind twenty one to three to a vastly inferior ball club as when things started falling apart a little bit. But just the same, they are further along, farther along right now than what we thought they were going to be after that Kentucky loss. They're 6-3. and three. They're three wins away, three winnable games away from being 9-3. and three. I, I would have taken, you know, if you had told me at the beginning of the year, take your chances or 9-3, and three, I'll give it to you either way. You know, what you would you do? I would have taken the nine and three in a heartbeat. Yeah. Um, we got to thinking that 11 and one, 10 and two might be possible after that LSU game. But as we've seen, you know, uh, sometimes it just doesn't all work out that right way. We're, I want to, again, emphasize the fact we're dealing with 18, 19, 21, 22 year old kids. And they don't all get on the same page all the time. And we're not sure how many holdouts from the McElwain era, the country club, let's just call it the country club era, because from everything I can gather about McElwain's three years here, it was run like a country club. Uh, there wasn't a lot of discipline. There wasn't. Uh, you know, you didn't have a strength and conditioning coach that held people accountable, etc., like that. And so I, I look at what at, you got guys that I think that are holdouts from the country club era, and they're just it's really starting to surface now. Um, I think it's time. I think that Dan Mullen probably sees the same thing. 
And I like to think that he's going to put his foot down and say, okay, guys, it's called my way or the highway. You either get in and get it done the way I want you to do it, or else it will be remembered next year. All right, fans, we've got about 60 seconds. Tell me where they go from here. Well, uh, first thing they have to decide is, is, is it worth it to burn the red shirt on Emory Jones? And you say? I say, I say you got to take that chance. You have to, you have to tell him uh, if Felipe plays well, uh, we'll hold your red shirt. But if he doesn't, you're going in there. That's what I think. Francis, I appreciate you coming on late minute, last notice, uh, and also coming down to Ocala Quarterback Club tonight. You had a lot of fans there. People talk about they enjoyed your columns. It's always good to have you here. And uh, we, I thought Tony did a nice job. Oh, and, Tony was great. Tony's yeah. always great. Yeah. And uh, so uh, what are you writing about, by the way? Well, uh, let, there's a certain quarterback situation at the University of Florida. Oh, yeah, what's happening there? I don't know. I haven't heard. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, and, and, and uh, I'm going to ask the big question, and, and I'd like to see a lot of people give us some feedback. Okay. Ask that is, is this Alabama team, if they run the table, are they going to go down as maybe the greatest of all time? Well, that was exactly my uh, question to Tony Barnhart tonight on the program I taped it earlier. And he says, uh, he says I would think they would. And he said, the only other team I think that I've seen like this is, guess who? Nebraska 95. Just like you and I have always said, the greatest team we ever saw. Uh, I, I put Nebraska 95 there. And I, I got to tell you what, I, I – I think it was the Miami, the '87 Miami team with Jimmy Johnson would go there as well because you look at the guys there and, and 2001 Miami with uh, basically I think 45 guys that ended up getting drafted off that ball club. Uh, but those those teams right there, Alabama, this Alabama team, if they run the table, certainly will rank with them or maybe even vastly superior to them. Yeah, uh, they, they're the best. I. I I, I'm almost of the opinion right now with the way that defense is starting to play that they're going to go down as the, as the greatest of all time. All right, Francis, good stuff as always. I'll talk to you on Friday. All right, we'll get to talk about hoops a little bit. Didn't, wasn't, yeah. very, wasn't very pretty in Tallahassee. So. Ugly is as yeah. ugly does. All right, thanks, Franz. Franz Beard, our Duke as always. Thank you. All right, that's going to wrap it up for us tonight, GNK. Uh, what a night, huh? Wow, busy, busy, busy. Uh, there will be lots of stories here over the next couple of weeks, uh, hopefully some good. Uh, I think it's important to clarify. Patty Johnson is a little upset some of the things are being said. It's very hard. you got to be careful about speculation, and uh, we're good at that on social media. And sometimes I think social media lives for that. So be careful uh, with that. And remember, uh, these people are all uh, families, individuals, and they are, uh, you know, they're human beings. And uh, when you speculate and put your opinion in there, remember, you're going to have to, uh, you know, you need to answer for what you say. And I hope I can always answer for what I say. When I'm wrong, I'll bank say I'm wrong, and I'll take my medicine. But uh, let's be careful on there when we start talking about rumors 
and making uh, suppositions that may not be true. Anyway, love you all tonight. Thank you for coming on. Thanks for all the good help of getting the information, particularly Lynn Tindall. Lynn, thank you, buddy. You're always on it, <coughs> posting stuff. It's, uh, I think, Lynn's birthday this weekend. I hear there's a party going on, but I'm not sure if I'll be able to. Maybe I'm not invited. So, so anyway, uh, Patty, um, uh, I'll be in touch with you. We don't have any way to get you on the phone line, but let me work on that, and I'll get back to you. All right? Text me if you can, Patty. Thank you. Good night, GNJ. You appreciate it.